iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. What I do requires a certain mindset. I do assignments, designated targets. Some jobs need to look like accidents. Best jobs are the ones nobody ever knows you are there. No, I'm better than you, you know. You're a damn machine. You need someone to watch your back. This wouldn't be about Steven, now, would it? He's your son. Damn disappointment. Always has been, always will be. Harry McKenna sold this company out. It must be a mistake. You know how this company works, Mr. Bishop. He had to be removed. Sorry about your father. It was a loss for both of us. I want to know what you know. Go online. It's all on the internet. But I don't want to read it. I want to do it. Follow me. You know what a mechanic is? A hitman. Time to take your training to the next level. So what's the plan now? Time to finish the job. Pretty impressive, huh? Those were my best teams. Guess I'll have to send more. Save the fuel. We're coming for you. You think you can get to me before I get to you? I already have. Do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome tonight's guest, Jason Statham, and this evening's guest moderator, Stu Von Airsdale of Movie Line. Hello, everybody. What's happening? How are you? Mr. Statham, it's a pleasure. Thanks uh, for taking the time out, yeah. Um, I guess we just start the way right, everyone has to start. What can you tell us about The Mechanic? Um, well, The Mechanic is a, a remake of a, a Charles Bronson classic that filmed in uh, 1972. And Erwin um, uh, Winkler was a very, very well-established producer. He did, uh, you know, Rocky and uh, 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 many, many great films. Raging Bull, um, he uh, decided to do a remake and um, we ended up, uh, you know, it's very difficult to know what to do with something that's, uh, you know, from 1972, you've got to modernize it for, uh, 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 you know, today's audience. And uh, we hopefully have done something good with it. <laughs> there's always the questions of, did you do the right thing or did you not? You know, there's the comparisons that are always going to get made, but. I heard the script, when you first got the script, it was the original script from the 72 film, right? Exactly. I signed on for something that I had no idea it was the original script. I thought it was a complete modernization of it. 
and it was the actual shooting script. So, um, yeah, ironically, uh, that was the, what I said, yeah, I want to do it. <laughs> so were you involved at all in modernizing and updating it, trying to kind of, you know, bring it up, contemporize it? Uh, my skills are certainly not uh, with a, a pen and paper, so... Uh, <laughs> They, uh, I leave that to the professionals, so I, I didn't get any. Uh, uh, I didn't get involved. Uh, you get more involved as you go on, when you when you start the filming of uh, you know certain scenes and the, as you go along, you, you you know the collaboration is with your co-stars and the director, and you know there's certain changes that get made along the way. But for the actual delivering of a of a of a shooting script, it's it's you, you kind of stay away. Right, but as as an iconic figure yourself in in, in film kind of inheriting or taking on this role that Charles Bronson, an, an iconic figure himself, uh, made popular almost 40 years ago. I mean, what is, what, I guess, do you owe anything to that legacy? Do you think about that? Or do you try and update that yourself to the extent you can? Uh, you try not to think about it. I mean, Charles Bronson is, uh, you know, they're, they're big boots to fill. So you try not to, to get influenced by what he did. And it's just, uh, it's very... So, you know, it's an unachievable thing to try and go, well, I'm going to do what he did in that one. And so there's certain things that you just have to make your own. Um, and, it's, you know, the script is very different. It, it, it took so many different turns. I saw about four or five different drafts that were, comp you know, ways away from the original. So in the end, it kind of came full circle. And there was uh, certainly a, a significant homage to the original. Um, we're fascinated with Hitmen. You know, culture just is uh, fascinated by whatever. We find them sympathetic somehow in, in films like this. And, and I guess I'm interested in knowing, how do you find your character, uh, uh, Bishop? How do you find the sympathy there? And how do you kind of get to a place where, you know, I'm playing a, a killer, but, you know, he's cool? Uh, <laughs> it's a good question. <clears throat> you know, he, he is a guy that takes care of people that need taken care of I mean he, he's dealing with sort of pedophiles and arms dealers and so you know these are people that do get their comeuppance so he does have a, a you know a certain moral compass and uh, you have to have that otherwise you're just going to be some cold-blooded killer you know working for money uh, you know and he's he's very human in, in in a lot of respects he takes on this protege his uh, you know uh, McKenna's son played by the brilliant uh, Ben Foster. Uh, and, you know, there's a, there's a significant amount of guilt there that humanizes uh, uh, Bishop. He's a character that, obviously, we don't know a lot about. We don't know anything about his past, anything about his relationships. Um, I guess, was that something you thought about, that you kind of put together as backstory, or is that something you also didn't want to know about at all, just kind of left it unknown, so you could play him in the contemporary sense? Would you say that to me one more time? Just like the, you know, we, all, we always hear about actors creating a backstory for a character, but we don't know anything about Arthur. The audience doesn't know anything about him. Did you want to know anything about him before we meet him in the movie? Uh, no, I think it's, it's very important to have this kind of mystery about someone who, who lives a solitary life st style. And, uh, you know, he's, he plays this very methodical, sort of deliberate sort of guy. And, you know, he can't, he, he's very disconnected from any social circles or anything. So... The less you know about him, the more you can sort of uh, believe that he's capable of doing these kind of things because it's, you know, he has to be completely detached. Uh, so, you know, you do have your own backstory, but it, it's not something that you need to dwell on, I don't think, for the sake of the movie. 
Fair enough. I want to talk to you a little bit more about acting in the action genre uh, because there is a line in here, and we heard it in the trailer, where um, Bishop says you have to have a certain mindset and the best jobs are where no one even knows you were there. A lot of actors kind of approach their own work with that same philosophy. Do you relate to that as an actor as well? Um, Especially as an it's action. It's more difficult for me because, you know, I... I, I I'm not really what you call a character actor. <laughs> I mean, I don't come from a, a world of, uh, well, I don't have a traditional training. Uh, in fact, I have no training. I sort of came from a street corner, if you like, and got sort of, you know, whisked into a, a, a career that I never had any dreams about as a kid. And um, it was, uh, you know, so I, I don't have any, I, I never went to RADA. I don't have any skills that would sort of pass down to me. So I don't tend to, play characters that are too far away from people that I can sort of uh, say I've grown up with or sort of I, I get influenced by a lot of people that I've sort of been in and grown up around uh, so I tend to play sort of people within my uh, stretch if you like <laughs> so uh, it's not like I'm putting on wigs and, and sort of beards and hiding behind sort of different uh, characters in that way. That, that's fair. By the same token, though, you've, I mean, there are, this is a very complex role. There's a lot going on in this role, especially as it relates to Ben Foster and his character, Donald Sutherland's character. There's a lot there. Um, and we think of things like the bank job as well. I mean, that's, that's a very specific character, and that's another remake of a great film. Um, and, you know, I sense that you're, you, you, you're, you're maybe trying to take the next step in, in films like this and the bank job. Do you have that ambition? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm driven surely by, uh, fr you know, great character development and, you know, if you know, great stories and, you know, a lot of the time you don't, you know, all f fabulous things don't always land on my, uh, on my, on my lap. You know, we're, we, we can only t select from what's in front of us. You can only eat from what's on the table. So, you know, I think the quality of, uh, of what I'm doing is definitely, you know, it comes from movies like The Bank Job and... and uh, certainly this one and I, I just recently made a movie with <coughs> Robert De Niro and Clive Owen which is uh, again a, a true story uh, inspired by a book written by Serrano Fine so definitely it's um, you know it's something that I'm aiming to to keep up or, and do more of yeah yeah I mean a lot of times actors have to turn to producing to actually get those roles to develop those scripts develop those projects is that something you would want to do as well produce? absolutely yeah um we got a couple of things that uh, we're trying to get made, and uh, you know, the, it's funny. I've been at it a few years now, and uh, you, you learn so much from your mistakes. And you know, to be more involved, you can sort of control certain aspects of the the, the finished product. And the more involved you are, the more responsible you are, and the, the more you can wear it. <laughs> How have you involved yourself? Um, just by you know, in the, the creative process. It's certainly on the bank job. Not so much on this one. Um, but uh, the Killer Elite, which is the De Niro, uh, Clive Owen project, very involved from start to finish, every step of the way. Um, and, uh, you know, aim to keep doing that in the future. I want to talk a little bit about Ben Foster as well, because to a viewer, anyhow, he seems like a guy who's full of surprises. His, just his presence on screen adds tension. Did you sense that? Yeah, but he's like that in real life. He's a very, uh, he's a very intense guy. And... Uh, yeah, a brilliant, brilliant actor, and uh, you know it just raises the the level of what kind of a move, what kind of movie this is. You know, it's not just an action film. You got, you know, a, a brilliant Ben Foster, and uh, you know, you got Donald Sutherland, who again is, you know, really respected in a in, in, in all around the world. So it just it puts it in a in a 
in a place that, you know, say some of my other action movies haven't sort of been in. I mean, I've worked with, you know, literally hairdressers cast off the street <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm doing films with, with Ben Foster and Donald uh, Sutherland, so it's great. <laughs> Can you maybe give us an example of, of how, how you and Ben are on the set, on this set, how he's keeping on your toes, how you're keeping on his toes, like the back and forth? How was that relationship? Well, he's just got so much to bring. I mean, he's constantly uh, uh, trying to, sh you know, make everything better constantly. Every day he comes with new ideas and uh, some brilliant suggestions of, you know, how we can improve things. Uh, and it's just that constant effort from him. He's, he, he cares so much. And uh, you see that with, the, you know, the way... Uh, his movies are. Uh, he's, you know, he's a he's a he's a brilliant, brilliant actor, and you can. He just cares so much. I think that's what uh, makes it so significant. Now, you and Ben share uh, several action scenes in this I mean, really intense fight scenes, and I would be interested in knowing what did he pick up from you? What kind of tips were you passing off to Ben Foster, who's more known for his dramatic roles and very intense character parts you were just talking about? Um. um I'm not sort of one to sort of give tips and say, dude, I mean, he's a very confident guy and who am I to say how to do things? It's well, you're jumping off a bridge in the beginning of the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm stupid enough and silly enough to keep doing those stunts. And uh, I think the first, the, the stunt that I can talk about, you might show it in a clip later on, is that we, there's a, a, a massive high fall, which is over 300 feet high. And you get strapped into this, you know, small little harness and... You're hoping everything, uh, you know, stays intact. And it's uh, scary for, for someone who does, you know, stunts for a living. And uh, for someone who doesn't like heights, which he doesn't, I mean, it's ridiculous to imagine that he was going to do this stunt. But as soon as he knew that I was going to do it, he's the first person to go, OK, good enough for you. I'm going to do it, too. So it just shows you the, with the male ego and how it gets <laughs> gets you in stuck in situations. But, he, you know, he... He toughed it out, and uh, I was immensely impressed by how brave uh, and committed he is to, as I said, he's, he's so committed to the part. Some actors don't like watching themselves on screen. Do you like watching your films? Um, are, they, are they exciting to you? Are they action-packed for you? Or it's nice to see how they put it all together, you know? You spend all those weeks and weeks doing things, and uh, I think it's interesting to see how it comes together. And for me, you know, a lot of actors, they don't watch the monitor, they're not interested in, no, it, you know, it puts them off, and they're very particular, and they don't want to see themselves, and uh, I'm the other way. It's like when, uh, you know, I was working recently with Sylvester Stallone, and he's got two massive big uh, plasma screens in a tent, and you can see exactly what what you're doing and what you're not doing. Because sometimes what you feel that you're doing, for action movies, it's, it's an essential thing to go and watch the monitor. Yeah, it, it shows you exactly what you need to do and to make the physical changes and the timing could be out. And, you know, if there's multiple opponents, you don't know, you know, how that fixes in through the lens, whether it's in the right relationship. I mean, there's so many reasons to, to, to watch the monitor. It's, for me, I, I couldn't work without one. Having worked with Stallone and seeing how that worked, do you, would you ever want to direct? Um, I think eventually, yeah, when all the joints have given up and the muscles don't work anymore, sure. That'd be, uh, that'd be something to, uh, to keep me going. I mean, I, I, love, uh, I love making movies and being involved in the movie industry as, as long as I can. I think um, 
once once I can't do any more action films, then um, maybe maybe put the director's hat on. Who knows? <laughs> could be terrible. Could be good. <laughs> Before we go to the Q and A to the audience for a Q and A, I want to ask one more question about Killer Elite. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that film, how it came together, and when it's when we can expect it in theaters. Yeah, it's uh, a book written by Sir Randall Fiennes, and it's. Uh, based on a book called The Featherman. It's just a true story based on true events. And it's set up, uh, on the backdrop of the uh, Omani War. And it's about a Saudi prince who has three of his sons assassinated. And he hires three guys to go and straighten things out. Uh, uh, but the guys in question have to make the, the assassination of the SAS soldiers that killed the three sons. They have to make it, uh, you know, they have to videotape the confessions. Uh, so it's a very tough, uh, uh, a tough request, and um, you know it's you know it's probably one of the, the, the one of the good films that I've done. When, do you have a release date for that yet? Do we have a? I don't know. I'm not sure on the release date, but excited to see that one. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. Um, does anyone have a question out there in the audience? Um, one over here on the side. Right over here. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Sam. Nice to meet you. Hello there. I have a question. Is there a possibility? that The Transporter can be a, ser a weekly series on television. Was that ever a thought? It wasn't something I'd suggested. <laughs> I'm sorry. It would be absolutely perfect because television only has reality shows right now. And I think something like that, even if it was something that would take six to eight weeks, one storyline, uh, something similar to many years ago, Ken Wall and Ray Sharkey had a Wise Guy series where like for six to eight weeks it was one storyline, and it was wonderful. Each, it kept going and going and going with something new. You'd be perfect for that. You'd bring greatness to television. I wouldn't get no time off. <laughs> How am I going to be drinking in the pub? <laughs> I'm going to be working every week. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, darling. Wait here. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, as a kid, you never thought about being you know, an actor and everything. Now that you've are, you've been, what, 10 years now? Is there any, any particular uh, role that you really want that hasn't really come your way just yet or any particular actor you wish to work with? You've worked with so many people. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to play a, a real-life character, you know, like a, an autobiographical thing in some way, maybe. Uh, that might be fun. It's always good to play someone real. Right here in the front. Thanks, man. Uh, earlier action stars like Charles Bronson, how much are you familiar with their career and are, is there any of them that you consider a role model for you or you've uh, learned a few tricks from previously? Um, I love all the uh, movies from the 70s, you know, Dirty Harry, Clint Eastwood, uh, Bronson, all of those chaps, They're, you know, some of my favorite, favorite films. There was such an era of, uh, of cool sort of guys, guys, you know. Um, and so I think the first Bronson movie I saw was uh, Hard Times. And, uh, you know, I, I loved that ever since I, you know, personally one of my favorites uh, of Bronson. And, but, you know, I think that the 70s provided such a great uh, bunch of uh, tough guys doing, doing, you know, great things. And I, I suppose they have influenced me, yeah. Thank you. Another one in the second row here. Hi, Mr. Stanton. Um, I love you. I saw all your movies. I love you too, darling. 
<laughs> I do. I, I cannot miss one move of yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, even a crank. Yeah, <laughs> even, even that crank. one? Oh, I love I don't like the language, but the move itself, I love it. <laughs> I'll put the beeps on personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's no need for. Um, uh, all the moves you did, what the one you like most? You enjoy most to do it? Um, it's a very hard question because everyone has its own appeal and you have such a great experience meeting, you know, working with, you know, great actors. And you, But I, I suppose when I did Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, it was such a significant time for me because it was just, a, you know, a bunch of lads uh, playing with a, a subject that we all knew so much about. And, you know, it's, it's such colourful characters around us. And, you know, I got to meet Lenny McLean, who's... Uh, you know, one of the toughest guys in, in the, the big legendary bare knuckle boxer and was like, oh, there's Big Lenny. And, you know, I got a, I met Vinnie Jones and tons of other people that weren't exactly actors that we'd seen around and known from, you know, living in London. And um, it was a, a, a very, when I look back, there's a great nostalgia with that, uh, with that movie, especially. Thank you. Over here on your extreme left. Hi. Hello there. <laughs> well, we know you, got, you like playing the tough guy. Is there ever a time you think you're going to play like Romeo and Juliet, really, really romantic? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Jason Tatham, romantic comedy. The romantic comedy. Um, people don't see me that way. I don't know why. Maybe uh, you do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They don't send me those scripts. They go straight to the people that do them, do them so well. Uh, I keep getting the, uh, the, the other ones. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very open to do something like that. I love all kinds of movies. And it's, you know, something that gets asked to me quite a lot is that question there. And uh, if, the, if it's a good script and there's a great director and he thinks I'm right for the role, and I would definitely say yes to it. Yes, for sure. Thank you. Uh, who else has got a, We have someone in the back, right there, back there, who is. You see him back there? Yes. Thanks for your patience. Hi, thanks for coming out. Um, a few years ago, even, I thought I saw that you were thinking about doing um, uh, the crime paper, sequel to the crime caper, uh, the bank job. No, not the bank job, the uh, heist movie. God, that just escaped my mind what it was the called. The bank job, the heist movie? No, no, the... Uh, the car, with the, the Italian the, job. The Italian job, yeah. Wasn't there a sequel in the works? Uh, there was in the works, but I mean, it's been so long now. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Who knows? It's been floating around for a long, long time. It just feels that if they leave it any longer, we'll, you know, they'll have to recast it. We'll all be dead. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know, uh, we had such a great time. It's another film that had a great time working on. You know, met Warburg and Most Def and uh, Charlize. They're a great, a great crowd of people. Uh, little Seth. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, mate. Right here in the center. Well, right, Steve, how you doing? Um, basically, right. as uh, one Englishman to another, I was just wondering if you saw Ricky Gervais's performance at the Golden Globes. And if, uh, I don't know, he went to town on you, would you be offended or would you just see it as a good crack? You know, Ricky Gervais is uh, someone who does what he does and, uh, you know, he's a comedian. So it's not to be taken, uh, you know, literally. He's, he's just trying to create a, a bit of humour. 
You can do say what your likes about me. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I'm curious. I, I just want to jump in really quick. You know, you were talking about Lenny and uh, talking two smoking barrels. And, and I mean, I would be on set around all these guys. I would obviously, I think most of us would probably be intimidated as hell. You know, what if anything intimidates you on a set? Anything scary you when you get on a movie set or just in general? Because you're kind of fearless up there, but I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Bobby De Niro intimidates you. Yeah. <laughs> How so? Yeah. Well, because he's just, I mean, he's like uh, the, the cinema god, you know. He's like the greatest living actor. Uh, possibly one of, he's my favorite and has been for years. So to be, you know, in a position where you've got to try and, you know, do a good job, it's, there's a, a certain intimidation with that because he's, you know, he's someone you've watched for years and grown up with. You want to do the, you want to be great as, you want to be great in his eyes. So initially there's the, uh, there's the, the, the anxiety comes from that. And then, you know, once you've done a few rehearsals and it's, it's the most amazing experience in the world. Cause uh, you know, it's, it's as real as it ever gets with him. He's just amazing. So, but initially he's the, the you know, when he walks on a set that everybody just stops what they're doing because he's a, he's a living legend, you know, he's, the, he's, he's got such an aura. Sorry to interrupt. Where were we? Time for two more okay. questions. I think we got two over here. Hi. Um, what was the like most difficult stunt you've ever had to do on a movie? Uh, I've done a few stupid ones. Uh, each one has a, a certain amount of uh, 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 problems within its. Uh, dangers and uh, its execution but I was strapped to a helicopter on uh, on the first crank movie and uh, we we actually took off from the top of a tall building that was you know a skyscraper in downtown LA and usually if you take off from the ground you can adjust as you start climbing you can you can adjust as the floor goes you know as the floor starts to disappear from you you, you get a sense of adjustment. But we took off from the top of a building and just popped straight over the edge and then you got, you know, 400 feet of emptiness beneath you to the street. So it's an immediate shock. So all of a sudden you get a complete rush of adrenaline. And I was standing on the skis outside the, the helicopter, two feet on the two skis, on one of the skis, and then a small hip pick and a very thin line that's bolted to the, um, to the floor of the helicopter. And uh, as soon as we popped over the edge, you get the rush of adrenaline and your legs just do like, a, it's like a sewing machine leg. It's and it's just an uncontrollable rush of adrenaline. And that takes a few minutes to sort of, uh, for you to get control of. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's highly recommended if you like, if you like to um, <laughs> put yourself in a spot. <laughs> Thanks. Right here. Um, what advice would you give to someone who trying to get into the action film business? Uh, what advice uh, would you give? Um, I don't know if I'm good with advice. I mean, I fell into it just by luck. It was like a lottery ticket for me. Um, so I don't know if there's any channels that you to take or how it, how it works. You have to be very lucky and you have to meet the right people. Uh, but if you have a passion for it, a lot of people get in there through you know, hard work and determination. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's about being able to deal with rejection and, and push forward and, and be, believe in yourself, I think, you know? Thanks, mate. 
All right, well, that is a wrap, I believe. Thank you very much, Mr. Statham, for joining Thanks us. Thanks a lot. Nice Thank talking you to you all for joining all. us. The Mechanic opens next Friday, right? January 28th? Next Friday, yeah. Next Friday. So tell your friends, be there, and uh, we'll see you all later. I'm with MovieLine.com. Check that out as well. Have a great evening. All the best. I think you all join me in thanking Jason Statham one more time. Jason, everybody, let's give it up. Next week, the 28th, next Friday, The Mechanic will be available to you see nationwide. Mechanic release next week. Guys, thank you so much for coming out again tonight. Thank you again to Jason. Take care and have a wonderful evening.